please call me Jolie. That's Joe with no E. And if you need me, that's how you'll find me all across the internet. My pronouns are they, them, and theirs. This is Jolie Weekly, and this is my personal check-in to talk about life as a non-binary and queer artist of color, figuring out how to thrive in New York City. And before I even get into what's on my mind this week, I want to say thank you for listening to this early phase of my adventure into this. If you've listened to just the first three episodes so far, you know that I started doing this as a mental health project to give myself an opportunity to talk through all the things that are on my mind. And it's already been really, really great. I'm sure you can hear the vast difference in my energy on this microphone right now. And, you know, the the first stages of any podcast when it starts are always <laughs> so interesting because you never really know where things are going to go. And hearing that evolution is so fun. And it's such a great part of of listening to any podcast. And I think I said it on the first episode, like sometimes it feels a little like I'm a level one sorcerer with still figuring out how to take down giant rats in the sewers. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening and for building community with me already. And please feel free to uh, reach out to me and talk to me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Call Me Jolie is my handle on everything. I'm exploring a Twitch channel so I could have some fun singing with y'all. So yeah, throw your questions, your ideas, your thoughts at me, and I'll be happy to answer and dissect and unpack and kiki. I'm here to serve. That's ultimately why I want to do this. So thank you. As I start getting into this in earnest, it is a rainy and humid day in Brooklyn. My hair is not happy right now. (laughs) And we are well into Pride Month, but there's this shadow lurking in our midst. And that shadow calls itself the Straight Pride Parade. Y'all, I just need to get this out of the way so we can get on to much more high energy, high vibrational topics going through this. But because news about this pissed me all the way off. I am so angry because it's amazing to me how people who don't belong to marginalized communities can find ways to center themselves and create imaginary problems 
around issues that have nothing to do with them. And it pisses me off because where they only see the outside of what pride is about. And and this is part of why calling any pride event a pride parade can be dangerous. Because when I think of a parade, I think of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or the St. Patrick's Day Parade, all of these things that are, yes, joyous and celebratory and super commercial. And while pride is very much a celebration of who we are, pride at its core is still very much about resistance and understanding that queer people and trans people and non-conforming people still don't have guarantees to basic human rights in the United States of America, and it's shameful. So when you start talking about straight pride parades, you are erasing the issue and you are erasing the conversation. So I went, oh my God, I went on an entire Twitter rant about this. I think I went on a few. (laughs) But, you know, to sum it up, I said, like, number one, pride is still a march. Two, it's not our fault that queer people know how to make everything look better. So step your pussy up. Number three, wearing rainbows, wearing makeup and glitter or flannel or leather or pasties or thongs or dresses or everything or wearing nothing at all is still an act of resistance against patriarchal bullshit. And number four, a straight pride parade is a hate march. It is right up there with KKK rallies and MAGA rallies and Nazi rallies. So how about that? (laughs) It's, it's, oh my gosh. It makes me so angry. I need to move on. I need to move on. Oh, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait. But right up there, right up there with the things that make me angry right now are these publications who, for the rest of the year, don't feature queer people whatsoever and then parade us out for one month putting our stories out there and our faces out there and then... In the comments on their websites and on their YouTube channels, don't do shit to moderate. And it does nothing but put us in dangerous situations. It's irresponsible. And quite frankly, it it makes you complicit. So y'all, if you are out there and you... You just find yourself, for whatever reason, scrolling into those comments, report them, get them taken down, downvote them. It's emotional labor, but 
it, we we can only really count on each other to protect each other. So let's do what we can. <laughs> oh my God, it's irritating. But moving, I'm going to step off of this soapbox and uh, move over to a more happy scene. Uh, for <laughs> if you know me in real life or you've been following me from this QPOC Life, which is a podcast that I co-host on, or you've just been following me in general, you probably know that I'm part of an acapella group called Tonewall. Yes, as in Stonewall. And we just had our very first solo concert on Friday. And it was incredible y'all we sold out and <laughs> it <laughs> i can't tell you how how great that feels because we put so much work into our show and because this is stonewall 50 we wanted to make sure that what we did taught people something about stonewall and inspired people to stay committed to being agents of change and inspired people to live in their truth, especially because Stonewall is our namesake. And when we decided that that was going to be our name, we understood that taking ownership of that name meant that we were taking ownership of a mission to continue the fight for queer and trans visibility. And I think we did that. It it was funny because before we had our retreat, we had a, a weekend retreat in May. And the group was, I don't want to say that we were fractured, but we weren't quite gelled together before we went away to, to retreat because, you know, we all have real lives and we had various gigs in different places. And so we were focusing on those things. And then when it came time to really focus on the show, we, our energies weren't quite aligned with each other, but then we got to retreat and we knew what songs we were singing, but we didn't know how, all the songs would fit together. But somehow over the course of 36 hours, we managed to put our act one together and our act two together and then run the whole show. And by that point, we we didn't have like our audience banter moments built in and our speeches built in. We just knew what the order of the music was and how the music was going to flow. And even in that moment, we knew that we landed on something really, really special and really powerful. And as we started filling in the details, we knew that we were doing important work And we all really, really believed in this show. And after we all got on the same page, just wow, 
Wow. I, uh, we, we kept rehearsing and rehearsing and came up with ways to get people excited about the show because we wanted as many people as we could possibly get into the room to, to experience what we put together for them. And by the time the show hit, you know, we, we looked amazing. We sounded awesome. And doing that to a full house and, and pouring our hearts out to people who were absolutely there for everything we did was just so magical. But there was a moment after the show that really made everything so worth it. And someone who I had met once before at a New Year's party told me that he'd been living under the radar as a trans man because he can pass. Um, He doesn't talk about being trans very much because doing so has caused a lot of pain for him. And in that space, in that room, as he was watching us perform and listening to the words we had to say, he felt empowered and safe enough to live in and to express what his truth is. I don't want to speak for my song sibs in Tonewall. That's what I I call everybody my song siblings. But that's why that's why we do what we do and and that's why I do what I do personally when I'm I'm singing to make someone feel like they have that safe space that they can just be themselves, even if it's just for a couple of hours. That's what the real magic is, y'all. And it's so special to be able to give that to someone. And, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's straight and is also an aspiring artist. And we got into a conversation about how I promote a lot of other queer artists and queer music and queer made music on my social media. And he asked me why I do that so much And his question was basically revolving around the idea that these other artists are competition. And and part of the reason why he was asking that question is because for those of us who are releasing music independently and are trying their best to learn about the music business, a lot of the information that's available recommends that you think about other artists as your competition. And personally, I think that there's value in that. I think a lot of people take it a step too far. I don't believe that any of us as queer artists need to be in competition with each other. Like a win for one of us is a win for everyone. And I really do think that when queer artists figure out how to create a safe space 
for each other, then everybody that listens to us benefits because a lot of the people who are going to listen to what we're doing are also queer and and trans and non-binary and people who feel othered. When they can find a safe space in just one person's music, isn't it amazing to be able to share with them other artists who can contribute to that feeling? And as I think about it, there are going to be plenty of people who listen to my music, but I'm not necessarily their vibe, but maybe I can share somebody with them who they really align with and somebody who that they can really see themselves in. And if I can do that for someone, then great. Ultimately, creating music and creating art is about serving and uplifting people. And that's what I think queer artists in general want to do and we're all aware of. And quite frankly, there's a lot of really crazy talent out there that does good for me when I listen to them all. Like, why would I keep that to myself? Kisos is making really great music. Um, my my non-binary sib, Marina Marquesa, is making awesome, awesome music. Uh, Chaotic Couture, one of the most talented rap lyricists I've heard in a minute. One of my very good friends, Justine, who just pours his heart into his songwriting. And just so many other really super crazy, talented people. And... I really do believe. And this idea of competition comes from scarcity. And I am cha- and I have to challenge scarcity in myself. And the idea that there is only but so much attention out there, and there's only but so much money out there and opportunity out there. And I don't agree with that. I think that there is an abundance of people who are waiting to listen to any of us, there's an abundance of opportunity and the ability for all of us to make a living doing what we love to do, which is using music as a way to build community and to serve. So why on earth should we be competing with each other? Am I right? I know I'm right. You don't got to tell me. So I, as I think about the kind of world I want to live in, I want to live in a world that is about building each other up, especially those of us who feel like we're outside the fringes. And ultimately, that's what pride is about, ain't it? It's about creating this world where we all get to go. And the different little pieces that make us who we are as individuals is what makes us a powerful community. And I really, really, really do believe that all of us can create opportunities for each other. And we don't need mainstream validation. It's nice to have, but we don't need it because there's nothing wrong with creating 
content by us and for us. And we've been underestimated for so long. We've had ideas stolen from us for so long, but the mainstream hasn't seen us as people worth investing in. And I mean, to a certain degree, still don't, because for queer artists who do manage to cross into the mainstream, they all look and fit a certain type. And it doesn't have to be that way. And we can create a a culture and a community that is far more inclusive and I think a little more fun. So <laughs> I I just want to encourage you out there to keep reaching out, look for opportunities, create opportunities for other people as as you're looking for opportunities yourself. Because you just, you never know what could happen and, and the bridges you build that other people get to cross because you did it. So once again, please call me Jolie. Thank you for listening. And I hope you are having a safe, healthy, and fabulous fucking pride. Stay wonderful. I'll see you later.